morning. I love that energy and getting up and saying hello to one another. If we have any guests with us, you're our honored guest. And if there's anything that we could, uh, questions we could answer for you at the conclusion of our services, please let us know what questions you may have. We would love to answer them. Uh, we'd love to, get, love to get to know you personally. And if you're interested in studying the scriptures, we would love to do that with you as well. Uh, who here is excited lately with these temperatures here in February in Michigan, right? I mean, I don't remember a February in Michigan this warm. Even looking at the extended forecast, you're starting to see the, the smell of the, you're starting to see the, you know, uh, the smell of the barbecues. Pitchers and catchers are reported. Baseball and spring training is getting ready to kick off. NASCAR is getting ready to kick off. You know why I tell you all that? Because that's when I know we're, the, the, the end is near, right? The end of winter is near. And people start to get a little more joyous. They start to get a little happier. That sunshine felt so good here recently on your skin. And so with all that said, we're going to talk about hope here this morning. If you notice on the screen behind me, it says having hope and its importance. And so we're going to focus in on hope here this morning. I want us to understand that as Christians, it's really crucial we understand the hope that we have. And the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And, and what can we do with the hope that we have? And how does it affect our faith? And how does it affect our ministry? And so that's something I want us to focus in on here this morning. Today, as we get ready to talk about the importance of hope, really think about how, is it, how important is it? Because hope is so important because it gives us something. Well, what does it give us? Well, it gives us something to talk about, does it not? Uh, it gives us something to work towards. It gives us something to hang on to. And it's so very important in the life of a Christian that I felt like, you know what, we need to talk about that. We need to talk about this here this morning. Because if you think about society and how much pain and suffering is in society, it, it, it just seems like when you talk to more and more people in society, the one thing they don't have is hope. They don't really have a hope for a better tomorrow. They don't like the direction that the country is going in. They don't like the direction uh, in, in, the, in the attitude or temperament of our politicians. They don't like what's going on when they turn on the local news and all you hear about is crime and corruption. And so, brethren, there seems to be a lack of hope in society. And so I'm here to tell you this morning that it's important to understand hope in the life of a Christian. Notice what this first passage of Scripture has to tell us. On the screen behind me, it's Hebrews chapter 6. In Hebrews, uh, most of the time, it's attributed to the, uh, to the Apostle Paul. But listen to what the author of Hebrews chapter 6 has to say, starting in verse 17. In the same way, God, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose, imposed or inserted an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge uh, would have strong encouragement to take hold of what? to take hold of hope that is set before us. This hope we have is like an anchor for our soul, a, a, a hope uh, both sure and steadfast, and one which will enter in, uh, one that enters into the veil, which Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, becoming a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. You see, you see what the, the, the author of Hebrews has to say in Hebrews chapter six. You think about the idea of hope that he's talking about here. Well, why was the book of Hebrews written in the first place? The book of Hebrews was written in the first place to do what? To encourage Christians. To encourage Jewish converts to Christianity who were, because of persecution, because of pain and suffering, because of sorrow, were considering going back to Judaism. 
They were considering leaving Christ behind and going back to their old ways, their old belief, their former way of mind. And so he, he the Apostle Paul, the author of, of Hebrews, is who many attribute it to, he then reminds us that our hope is anchored in heaven. The, their hope was anchored in the old law. Their old law was nailed to the cross. And so their hope for a new future, their hope for salvation, is anchored in heaven, he tells us in Hebrews chapter 6 there. And he then reminds us where Christ has entered. He has entered behind the veil, so to speak. He has entered the Holy of Holies, so to speak. He sits now at the right hand of God in the eternal, in, in, in heaven above. And so when you think about this, hope is so very important in the life of a Christian. And as we look at various passages of scripture this morning, I'm hoping that you're going to see how important it is. And we need hope because it gives us something. As I said, it gives us something to talk about. It gives us something to hold on to. It gives us something to work towards. And so we need to make sure we understand what hope does in the life of a Christian. It gives us something to talk about. Well, what do you mean it gives us something to talk about? Have you ever really noticed that people like to talk about things? People like to talk about themselves. People like to talk about their endeavors. People like to talk about their vacations. People like to talk about their retirement. People like to talk, right? Young people talk about their plans for college. They talk about their jobs or their careers that are, that are going to come in the future and what they're going to do with this newfound freedom that they have. Older people, they love to talk about their plans and their retirement and their golf game and their vacations and so maybe the fishing or whatever it may be that your hobby is during retirement. Younger working people usually talk about their vacation plans because I'm working my tail off and I kind of, I'm, I'm burnt out. And so I can't wait to get onto this vacation. I can't wait to go somewhere to, to allow my mind to just rest and be at ease. People love to talk and they love to talk about things that are going on in their lives. And so it's only natural. It's only natural that Christians would want to talk about their plans for heaven. It's only natural that Christians would want to talk about the hope that is set before them. The hope that there is in Christ Jesus and through salvation and through the sacrifice that he made on the cross. It's only natural for us to want to talk about Jesus. Brethren, think about John chapter uh, 14 for a second. When you look on the screen behind me, you see what Jesus spoke of. Jesus spoke of such plans. Jesus was comforting his disciples in John chapter 14. And in verse 1 through 3, he tells us, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. He says, If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go and I prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, Jesus says, I'm going to come again. I'm going to receive you unto myself. That, that there where I am, you may be also. Brethren, you can see that Jesus was talking about future plans. You can see how hope also works, works into future plans. And how the hope of a Christian is something that we should ponder. Something we should meditate on. Something that we should talk about. Something we should use to encourage others so they can have a hope. Because, brethren, I'm here to tell you that in the world today, with all the pain and all the suffering and on the verge of war and of all, everything that's going on with China and Ukraine and Russia and in America, brethren, there are a lot of people who just don't feel like they have hope. But if we're here. We're here to tell them. It's our job. It's our commission. It's what the Lord has given us to do is to go out into the world to take the commandments, to teach them all that he has commanded us. And to do what? To give them hope. 
a hope for a better tomorrow. And so, brethren, we need to talk about the hope. But before we can talk about the hope that is in us, we need to understand as Christian what that hope does for us. And so even the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 1, he spoke of his desire to, to, to depart and to be with Christ. But he also spoke about how he has work still to be done. And that until his work is done, he'll remain focused on that work. And that, yes, while he desires to be with the Lord, he understands that it's better for him to be here. It's better for him to continue on in the work. Why? Because there's lots that need to be done. You think about what the Apostle Peter had to say in chapter 1 of, of his epistle. The Apostle Peter spoke of, of his hope of a resurrection. And he, taught, he spoke of it in a way that wasn't some fairy tale, but something that he was firmly expecting. Consider what the Apostle Paul had to say in regards to encouragement to the people of Thessalonica. Consider what he had to say about hope and to be into the church of Thessalonica because he wrote it because part of the reason for writing this letter is so many of the Christians of Thessalonica were grieving the loss of their brethren. They were mourning and grieving, excuse me, the loss of their brethren who have already departed this life. And I want you to see what this next passage of scripture has to say. I want you to see how the Apostle Paul tells the people of Thessalonica how he, how he and they are to encourage one another with the words in which he gives. He tells them, starting in chapter 4 and verse 13 of 1 Thessalonians, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, meaning those who have passed on, so that you will not grieve as, those, as, as the rest of the world grieves who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you, and by word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not proceed those who have fallen asleep in the Lord. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will be raised first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so that we uh, shall always be with the Lord. And he goes on and he finishes to say, comfort one another with these words. Well, why should we comfort one another with those words? Because of the hope that is in the message. The hope that is in Jesus Christ. The hope that is in the second coming. When you understand what hope does in the lives of Christians, brethren, it gives you something to talk about. It gives you something to sing about. It gives you something to pray about. It gives you something to rejoice about. And so that way you can walk around not with a defeatist attitude, but you can walk around with a positive, uh, uh, with a positive mentality and mindset knowing what Christ has done, knowing that God is, uh, is trustworthy and true, knowing that we can trust in his promises. And when Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place, he's going to prepare a place. And he has prepared a place. And when he says he's going to come back and take you with them, he's coming back. And so you can trust in those promises. You can rest assured that the Lord always does what he says he will do. Brethren, hope also gives us something to work towards. We talked about how it gives us something to talk about, but it gives us something to work towards. Hope is what motivates us to work. For example, when you think about how hope motivates us, Consider the expectant mother and the expectant father, right? A new baby's on the way. Is there anything that you do to prepare yourself? Is there, are there things and works and chores that need to be done, 
right? Is there a nesting period while you're getting the house ready, you're getting the nursery ready, you're doing everything you can, maybe you're working extra to bring in a little extra money to help offset the expenses, right? Work helps to motivate us. Hope helps to uh, motivate us to work. Consider young people uh, who just graduate from college and they have, their, they have all this debts, right? And they have a plan, they put a plan in place and they work to pay down those loans and, and to work towards their new career uh, and to building themselves up in their career. Consider the working man as he looks to go on that wonderful vacation to, to give his, his heart and his mind some rest and to, 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 to kind of take his ease for a minute, if you will. He works for something. Why? Because he has hope of a better tomorrow when that vacation comes. And so, brethren, hope motivates people to work just as hope motivates Christians to work. I mean, think about it for in, in this way. Here at Lincoln Park, hope should motivate us. Motivate us to the different ministries that we have, the different uh, fellowship opportunities that we have. So that way we can be involved in the work of the congregation, that we, we can be involved in the work of the ministries. When, we, when people take a mission trip, it elevates hope within other people because of the good it's going to do. You may not be able to go on the mission trip, but you can work towards those in supporting and helping give resources to those who are going on the mission trip. And so it's going to edify you. And it, the hope that is going that is that you have is what's going to cause you and motivate you to do those works, to help out those missionaries and to do those things. Brethren, when we plan the work for the congregation, we elevate our hopes. When we plan the work and the ministries of the congregation and the, and the fellowship opportunities, it elevates our hopes because we understand what we're working towards. We also understand that the Apostle Paul often spoke of future work in his writings. To the people of Rome, in Romans chapter 15, and I won't have this on the screen behind me, but listen to what he told the people of Rome. Therefore, when I have finished this, when I have finished this work, he's saying, and when I have put my seal on this work, on this fruit, I'm going to go from you, by, I'm going to go to Spain by way of you. He's saying that as soon as I put my seal on this fruit, I put my seal on this work, I'm headed to Spain. Why? He was focused on a future work. Think about what Paul told, the, Paul told the Timothy. I am writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long, he tells them in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Why? Because he has many more things to talk to him about, to encourage him about, to tell him about his missionary journeys, to talk to him about the work of the Lord, and to give him hope when there seems to be not a lot of hope going around. Was there a lot of persecution when Paul wrote 1 and 2 Timothy? When you think about those letters... The second Timothy was the last letter written before he went to his death. And so he was martyred. Do you think he had some things on his mind? Do you think, about the, do you think he was thinking about the work that he had to do? Well, it was the hope in salvation that motivated him to continue on even when those around him were being martyred. And so, brethren, hope in the life of a Christian is so very important. Think about in John chapter, or, 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 or 3 John uh, verse 14. We see the apostle John, he was writing to Gaius. And he says, I hope to see you shortly so we can speak face to face. Why? Because hope gives you something to talk about. It gives you work, that, it gives you a motivation to do the work of the Lord no matter what's going on around you. It gives you the ability to, to, to hold on. It gives you the ability to, to continue on even when the storms of life are raging around you. Even when those uh, Christians around you are being imprisoned or martyred, heaven forbid. It gives you, brethren, the, the, the ability to continue on. 
Brethren, hope gives us something to talk about. It gives us something to work towards. It gives us something to hang on to. Our hope motivates us, brethren. It motivates us to serve the Lord as Christians. The Apostle Paul described himself as a servant in Titus chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2. He says, he goes, he describes himself as a servant in hope of eternal life with God who cannot lie, who's, who made the promise ages ago. And so you read about that in Titus chapter 1. You read about the hope that motivates us uh, in Peter's epistles to remain sober-minded, to remain calm, to remain uh, with, in, in control, so that no matter what's going on around us, we don't get too high, we don't get too low, but we remain focused on the task at hand. And therefore, we are to prepare our minds for action. Prepare our minds for the work of the Lord, to keep sober in our spirits, and to fix our hope completely on the grace that is to be brought to us through Jesus Christ and the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, brethren, Peter, Paul, John, Jesus, they're all talking about the hope that is set before Christians. Our hope is to motivate us to live godly and pure lives. Why does it motivate us to live godly, pure lives? Well, John said in 1 John chapter 3, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet appeared as yet what we will be, but we know that when he appears, talking about Jesus, we will be just like him, because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed upon him, he purifies himself in the Lord. You see, brethren, brothers and sisters, it is so very important we understand what hope does for us. It's so very important that we understand that it gives us something to hold on to. I mean, if we have hope, can we not get through the most difficult seasons? Can we not get through the most difficult days? Can we not get through the diff most difficult diagnoses? Can we not get through the most difficult seasons, right? We have to understand what hope does for us. We understand that if we have hope, we can see the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. It's only through hope that you can see the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. It's only through hope that we can do the daily chores that need to get done, even when things are difficult, because we have hope for a future event. And that future event is our salvation in Christ Jesus when it culminates in heaven. So brothers and sisters, if you have hope, we can work through the difficult times in our marriages. We can work through those difficult days in our marriages because we have a hope for a day, a better day to come. Just like we have hope for a better day to come when we see what's going on in the world around us. Because this world is not my home. And I have hope of a, of a, of a future destination. I have hope of a, of a future uh, uh, being, being departed and being brought into the Lord. As, as, we, as we ascertain heaven, as we attain heaven, if you will. And so brothers and sisters, remember for Christians... Hope provides us a way to deal with all the problems of life. Before I close this down, I'll give you a couple more passages. In Romans chapter 5 on the screen behind me, notice what it says in verse 3 through 5. The Apostle Paul said to the saints in Rome, not only, and not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations. He says we exalt in our tribulations. Think about that statement in and of itself. Knowing that that tribulation brings what? Perseverance. Persevering, proven character. Proven character what? It brings hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit that we receive on the day of our baptism. As we are, have our sins washed away, as we enter into uh, the body of Christ, as God adds us to the church. And brethren, I think about Acts chapter 28 and verse 20. 
what the Apostle Paul had to say here. He spoke of hardships, did he not? For this reason, therefore, I requested to see you, to speak to you, for I am writing, for I am wearing these chains for the sake of the hope of Israel. He still found hope even though he had chains, even though he had imprisonment. You think about all of his prison, uh, his prison ministry letters. He wrote about encouragement. Even though he was in chains, he was in, uh, in, in torment, he was in prison, he was writing to what? Encourage Christians about the hope that they should have. Because even while he's in chains, guess what's happening? He's teaching those in and around him, and he's planting the seed of Scripture within the hearts and minds. He's teaching people about Jesus. He's teaching them about uh, salvation that only comes in the name of Christ. So brothers and sisters, as I get ready to close this down, we have hope. When we have hope, we can endure anything. We can endure what's going on in this country. We can endure what, what, all, the, what all the fears are and what all the anxiety is that people have about what's going on with the economy, what's going on with the housing market, what's going on uh, with, uh, with all these wars and all the tension around the world. We can survive and we can endure these things. Why? Because we have hope of a better tomorrow. We know that this world is not our home. We know that heaven is where we desire to get. And if you trust in the promises of God, then brethren, you remain faithful and obedient unto him. And you'll hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. So brethren, if someone asks you why you need hope, we need hope because it gives us something. It gives us something to talk about. It gives us something to work towards. It gives us something to hang on to. It gives us what we need to endure this life. So brothers and sisters, if you're hearing this message today and you're worried about the world, you're worried about your community, you're worried about your family, you're worried about your marriage, you're worried about your children, you're worried about your finances, right? The list could just keep going on and on, amen? If you're worried about all these things, first, think about Jesus. First, think about the promises. First, think about what Christ has already done. Think about what God has already done, what the Holy Spirit has done. Think about all the advantages that we have as Christians, understanding that we encourage one another, we support one another, we lift one another up, and we do all these things. Why? Because we know what Christ Jesus has first done for us. And brethren, when you have that mindset, you'll have hope that it doesn't matter what happens today because I know where I'm headed. And if you hear this message, brethren, and you wish to be a part of that, you wish to have that same hope, you need to get into the baptistry if you're not a Christian. You need to get into the baptistry to have your sins washed away. You know why? Because the elders don't add you to the church. God adds you to the church. When you're baptized for the remission of your sins, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and God adds you to the kingdom. He adds you to the body of Christ. You become a member of the saints. And when you're a member of the saints, you're a family indeed. And if you're a family indeed, brethren, then we stand up for each other, we speak out for one another, we support one another, and then that will give you the hope to get through this thing called life. If that is you, come forward as we stand and sing the Song of Invitation.